Blog Talk Radio. Hi, folks. It's Adriel Hampton here, host of Government 2.0 Radio. Uh, I have with me today uh, my co-hosts Steve Ressler and Steve Lunsford, and also joining us on air is co-producer Megan uh, Harvey, who will be with us uh, for uh, the first uh, portion of the show here. Uh, today, uh, after our normal week in Gov 2.0, we're going to be talking uh, with Steve Ressler, and also with Scott Burns of GovDelivery about uh, GovDelivery's acquisition this week of GovLoop and the move uh, for Steve to work on GovLoop full-time. So excited to talk about that. First, uh, Steve Lunsford is hoping to get your uh, GovTwit weekend review update. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, one of the, the coolest things uh, for folks that haven't seen it, it's at uh, govtwit.wordpress.com. You can check out uh, the Week in Review, which I try to get up on a weekly basis. Uh, last week, one of the, the cooler things that I got to do was um, go and meet astronauts, uh, thanks to the folks at NASA. They held a uh, their second uh, tweet-up. They have uh, more planned in the future, including some down at, at some of their Florida facilities, and I assume they may roll some out to Texas some other places as well. Um, but they, it was a really, really cool event. I was with the crew of uh, the last shuttle mission, STS-127, uh, which which uh, had a full component of folks uh, manning the space station. So at the time, the, the space station is, is manned by a six-person crew and, and combined with uh, taking folks up to the station and uh, uh, the, the astronauts on the shuttle itself. They had 13 uh, astronauts in space at one time from all the member countries that put together the International Space Station. So it was a really neat event. It drew folks from as far away as Venezuela, uh, to come down to uh, NASA's uh, offices in D.C., they they did this up as a first-class event. Everybody got little goodie bags that had uh, nice little uh, NASA photographs and trinkets. You had the opportunity not only to hear and see about the mission, but to actually meet the astronauts after the fact and talk to them, um, take pictures and that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, as I said in the post, I'm probably – the only geek there that that when they broke and and you had the chance to line up and actually start talking to astronauts, I, I made a beeline for the public affairs team to find out more about the event and why they were doing it and how they did it and and that sort of stuff. So, um, and, and to meet Buck Back, who's with the Office of Space Operations, some of the other folks like Stephanie, um, I'm going to botch her name, uh, Sherholtz and and Mike Perry uh, from the public affairs teams, who man the you know jointly man. Uh, the at NASA uh, Twitter ID, and, and, you know, they said they did this as a way to, you know, they get to work with these men and women on a daily basis, and it's not very often that the general public gets a chance to hear from them live and meet them and talk to them, um, so that, you know, this is an extension of of being of the mission, of being able to explain the importance of, of the things that they're doing, um, and, and so this is a really cool event, and while other agencies may not have the star power of, of you know, astronauts, I think they can still learn from this, both federal and maybe even a local level, if there are particular topics and you want to get a focus group together to use tools like Twitter or Facebook to, you know, you can't necessarily do huge, huge events all the time and have, uh, you know, thousands of people involved, but you can certainly reach out and say, hey, we're going to talk about X, would you like to join and kind of raffle off or have, you know, 15, 20, 40 people that are passionate about a subject and have opinions to come in and talk about it. So whether that's, you know, I could see that in the healthcare arena, I could see that certainly being used at a local town hall level and a way to engage that, um, you know, folks that are live tweeting so they're able to extend the, the, the reach of the event. So I thought that was probably the coolest thing uh, from the, the past week. 
Now that's uh, um, really, um, really. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I just wanted to do a couple, uh, a couple Gov Two O birthdays this week. I saw on my Facebook. Um, shout out to Mark Japo, the professor at Cheeky Geeky. <laughs> I think his birthday was uh, today or yesterday, and also uh, Maxine Teller at Mixed Media. It was her birthday as well, so I want to give them a shout-out, as well as, uh, I don't know if people saw it, there's some uh, kind of unconferences that are brewing. There's one kind of a brewing around the open government directive when that launches, so there's a pretty uh, interesting Google group on that that you can search for where people are starting to plan that. It should be uh, a lot of fun, as well as wanted to, Shout out to Kate at KPK Fusion. Kim Cobes of Neighborhood America has a pretty cool blog on Gov2.0, Glitzer Glamour uh, over on GovLoop this week that's got a lot of interesting dialogue on the hype cycle and Gov2.0 and where it's all going. So wanted to shout him out. Right on. And uh, Steve Lunsford, I was interested in this uh, NASA tweet-up. Whether Did they really uh, do it as a tweet-up or did they actually advertise through other other channels. Email. Well, I, I, well, they they certainly had something on their their web page that that pointed to it. If um, and I'll put the link out link out here in a second. But they, uh, I, I mean, I learned about it through Twitter. Um, I, I don't think they did any other adver- advertising. I, I assume that we could actually reach out to Beth Beck and and maybe some of the folks at the PAO office. But my understanding is, yeah, that everybody there were active Twitter users. I mean. And it was interesting to listen to the astronauts too. Of course, you know they 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 are are some of the most popular government IDs. If I go through GovTwit, you'll see uh, Astro Mike and and um, Astro uh, underscore one twenty seven, who's the commander from from this past mission. You know they they kind of rank up in the in the top hundred or, or two hundred list. Astro Mike being probably within the top twenty. I, I just don't have it up in front of me right now. But they they have you know NASA's probably you know has some of the more uh, has 40 plus IDs out there on Twitter that they use to push out various information on missions they they use that particular channel very effectively um, and yeah I think everybody that was there actually was uh, you know came in through the the Twitter channel so uh, you know there were people live tweeting the event obviously and and um, it was uh, it, it wasn't just space geeks it was actually very interesting because they're used to and I hope nobody takes offense to that, you know, calling them geeks. But, uh, you know, I, I consider myself a geek, too. I just mean an enthusiast. You know, there's a lot of space enthusiasts there. But there were, there were folks like myself. I met a, a guy from uh, that's a, you know, social media strategist out of uh, out of Pennsylvania that, that, that came down from uh, uh, Pennsylvania to attend the event. So it kind of drew an eclectic mix of, of kind of the, gov, the, the 2.0, web 2.0 world and folks that had to generate, you know, a, a, an interest in uh, the space program. Pretty cool. We're going to go ahead and, and bring in uh, Scott Burns with uh, Gov Delivery. And Scott, are you uh, are you the CEO of Gov Delivery, or now you're a co-founder? Um, I I use both those titles interchangeably. Okay. Which, whichever whichever sounds cooler at the time. <laughs> and why don't we let um, um, Steve uh, Ressler kind of give a, a rundown of of what happened this week? I know that probably most of our listeners are familiar with with the story it's been uh, pretty active in social media and government channels and then uh see if megan has any questions and then uh, we're also going to open it up at 6:30 for callers if folks want to call in with any questions the number is 347-539-5704 and you can also uh, ask us questions on twitter all right 
Uh, so, wrestler, take it away. Cool. No, uh, thanks for having me, and, you know, uh, glad to chat about it. This has been a, a crazy week for me, and it's uh, been a lot of fun. But uh, the, sh- the short story is uh, about 15 months ago, it was Memorial Day 08, uh, I kind of launched GovLoop on a lark. Uh, I'd been in government a while. I'd done a few things like young government leaders where, I, you know, I created a, a happy hour for young people to connect, which turned into this 2,000-person association. Um, and I thought there should be a place online for Govies to connect and chat and collaborate and share ideas and all that. Um, and I just did it on, as a hobby, right? You know, I had a day job, 40 hours a week at DHS, and this was my little passion. And, uh, you know, for the first six months, it started growing. I think, you know, some of the people on the line were some of the early members, uh, you know, and I started connecting with cool people like I never knew Adriel. Um, until GovLoop, and, you know, then all of a sudden we have a radio show. So that's been amazing. But, um, you know, it just it just really took off from 1,000. Um, and then, you know, a year later, you know, we're at 10,000 members, and I'm getting 50 to 100 emails a day about GovLoop, getting uh, cool questions. You know, people are like, how do I do a GovLoop in my organization? Or can you hop on a conference call and talk to my boss about the value of collaboration? And, uh it really just started, you know, I just didn't have time to do both. So, you know, the 40 hours in the day, the 40 hours at the Starbucks and my local coffee shop on weekends, um, I just was really trying to find a home to take GovLoop to the next level, which to me is about connecting more people and having better conversations to improve government. So long way to going. Uh was trying to find a home for it, trying to find a way to do my passion as a full-time gig. And uh, I met Scott, actually, at Gov2O camp, and um, just was talking to him as a friend I just met and was explaining, trying to figure out what to do, how do I do, you know, more good in government and do this full time. And, you know, a week later, he kind of got back to me and said there may be some ways to collaborate. Um, He's, you know, passionate about public service um, and doing a lot with uh, government-to-citizen communication collaboration, but was really interested in, government-to-government collaboration. So um, we talked a lot. You know, I checked out his references. You know, didn't want to hang out with a sketchy dude. And, uh, you know, he's got some he's got some Minnesota street cred, which means a lot for me since I'm from Ohio. And um, he's been around the space for a number of years. And uh, a lot of people that I trust and respect when I asked about him said, you know, he was one of the the best, you know, contractor private side guys in the business just with good ethics and did good work. So, um, you know, long story short, uh, short um, this week, you know, uh, GovLoop is officially uh, an operating division of GovDelivery. So it's um, a part of GovDelivery. I'm full-time employee on it. I'm the president CEO I guess, or something like that. I'll make up a cool title later. Um, founder, you know, citizen engager or something. Um, and uh, I get to kind of, you know, take my vision to the next step. So building a team to, you know, connect more people, do more good, and take it to the next level. And uh, just really excited and jazzed about it. And, you know, all the thousands of ideas that I have and, you know, Google Docs and my little notepads I'm whipping out and, uh, you know, getting good ideas from the community as well online. And, I'm ready to implement and do more good. 
that uh, if I can get in, that was actually going to be my first question is that what are, this opens up so many doors for GovLoop, obviously. So kind of what, what are some of your short-term and long-term goals that are at the top of your list of things you want to, where you want to take GovLoop, the things that are kind of on the immediate short list that you've been wanting to do and have, haven't been able to? Yeah, so I mean. The stuff that's not top secret, I guess. <laughs> And there really is no, like, crazy top secret stuff. Um, I'm trying to be as open and transparent. Um, I'm not a very good liar. People know me at all. Um, so, yeah, some short-term ones. The main thing I'm trying to do is, uh, you know, do more community moderation and engagement. Um, I think uh, GovLoop's like a dinner party or a lawn, right, It needs care and water and feeding. Um, and it's been neglected a little bit because I haven't had the time. So that's, you know, one quick thing I'm trying to do. Um, I'm trying to do more uh, awesomeness for Steve Lunsford. I think that's one shot. So um, we're uh, like the Kiva micro lending group we have on GovLoop. We've uh, donated over $6,000. That was uh, an idea by Jeffrey Levy at the EPA. Um, I'd like to do more of that. So we're going to try to launch a few initiatives where we're, we're donating money to charity, doing more good. Um, so you'll see that. Um, I'm looking at building out uh, more robust features um, using the platform as well as add-ons. So I've got a couple of sneak, you know, sneaky features in my back pocket that I'm looking to roll out. Um, one was just the chat. You know, we did a GovLoop chat on this um, Monday morning mm -hmm. with me. I'm, I'm interested in doing more chats with, um, you know, senior leaders, thought leaders. Um, that seemed to go very smoothly, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I thought it was fine. It was fun, um, and I think it would be cool, right? I mean, just kind of how oh, to totally. you know, bring in bringing in someone, having them chat. Like, I'd love to do that. So, and honestly, just looking for other people's ideas. Uh, Steve Lunsford wrote a great blog post with ideas. Uh, Maxine Tellers had some great comments in there. Um, so yeah, I'm just you know here to listen to you too as well as things that uh, I should be thinking about. I think everyone agrees that just continuing the awesomeness is the first goal. The and first not thing. The first thing I'm expecting, Steve, now that you're full time, is uh, you have to go to uh, go to Web 2.0 and familiarize yourself with every single Web 2.0 application. <laughs> you're done. I need it. I need to do all. I need to do a lot more research. Um, you know, expectations are up too. Like you know, I think uh, I owe it to the community as I you know, do more full time and put more resources to make it better. And uh, honestly, you know, I've talked about it in other places, and I'm I'm not being cheesy about this, but um, you know, I am. You know, my all my family's in public service. My dad was retired at the IRS. Stepmom retired IRS. Stepsisters at EPA. Stepbrothers VA. My sister's a teacher, um, and I want to be in public service for my whole career. So, um, you know, I feel like my integrity and my reputation is on the line, and, you know, I kind of vow to do good and um, make sure that, that GovLoop continues in its spirit and its mission, which is, you know, connecting people to improve government. So, if, you know, anyone ever, you know, has any questions or concerns, um, I'm always available. You know, founder at GovLoop, at GovLoop on Twitter, and I'm really want to hear what people say because um, you know, I think it's important. I, I just wanted to say one more thing before I'll, I'll have to get out of here pretty soon, but just me personally being one of the, the small handful of people who are actually private citizens hanging out on GovLoop, not technically a 
an employee of the government at any level. It, I think one of the things I love that you've done is just you really you've removed the barrier, and everyone who's taken part in GovLoop removed the barrier and and just given given Govies a whole different look. I mean, even for me, as soon as I got on GovLoop, within the first couple months of starting to meet you, meet Adriel, you know, interacting, you know, I'd go to the DMV and I'd be looking at everyone going, you guys rock. You guys are very cool. You know, just it gave me a whole different perspective, and I, I'm hoping that when you take GovLoop to the next level, it's really going to broaden and open more private citizens' eyes to just how, how dedicated a lot of our government employees are on, on every level. No, I, I appreciate that, and and I think that is a good point. I mean, government employees and public servants get such a bad rap that, um, and it's really not true. I mean, they're, they're, we're dealing with the biggest issues are being tackled by government employees, whether it's you know, clean water or terrorism or fighting crime, and you know we mm-hmm. we denigrate all these people all the time, but they're you know they're working hard and doing good. So I think it's great to you know congratulate and celebrate public service for what it is. Oh, totally. especially in the kind of the political climate we're in. We're on the news. We're just constantly seeing different parties back and forth and fighting and stuff, when in reality, the majority of the people doing the work aren't fighting about anything. They're just doing their job, <laughs> you know, getting stuff done, and that's that's you guys working for the government. So, so here's a question. This is Steve Lunsford, and I'll address this to, to Scott as, as well as Steve. You know, one of the things I touched on in, in, in my blog post, and, and um, Steve, I know you and I have talked about, you know, prior prior to this is, you know, GovLoop's a closed community. You have to, and I mean that, and it, it's free. Anybody can join. Anybody can get into it. But, you know, the content to the the point that Megan just made is there's a lot of cool stuff in there that applies to people. And is there, um, you know, what are your thoughts in terms of does it remain kind of a a membership community where when things get you know retweeted from Gov from uh, uh, from GovLoop or you post a blog post or whatever it is, you know, folks have to get there. They have to actually take action to join the community before they can view any of that. And, you know, that's that's a strategic decision I think a lot of people have to make in terms of before they expose pieces of content at their various websites, you know, do you, do you make someone sign up or do you just kind of allow the information to be there and, and have some, you know, different layers of uh, visibility based upon membership or anything? Have you guys given any thought to that yet? I know it's still kind of fresh, but, uh, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, Megan said, it, it's, a, it's cool to kind of see this stuff and, and it would be neat to have the, not just neat, but I think important to have uh, the regular citizenry be able to pop in there when they catch something in a blog post or on Twitter or, or on Facebook and, and be able to kind of read, you know, how people are hashing out these decisions. I guess I, I can take it and then I'll let uh, Scott chime in. Um, so, yeah, I that's something that I think is very important and um, I think being more open and removing the veil is kind of the way to go. Um, I don't want to make that decision alone. I think that's a community decision. Um, so I think I need to host a, a conversation on GovLoop about that because um, I think there's a real value in opening it up, but um, there may be reasons why having closed conversation is, is good. Um, they'll still be able to do it. You know, we have you can do private groups and have closed conversations, but um, I really want to – those type of decisions, I think, our, our community decisions, and um, I have ideas on it, and I, you know, I really respect like your idea, and a bunch of others have kind of given me that, like you really should open it up, and I'm leaning that way, but um, I really just, I think the next step is to do a discussion thread on GovLoop about it, and you know, hear hear what people say, and you know, the pros and cons. You know, this is Scott. Um, 
I think for the first thing is it's important for people uh, to understand that Steve's in charge of GovLoop, <laughs> so so uh, this you know any sort of decisions will be um, will go through him, and what he does brilliantly, I think, is get out of the community's way in a lot of in as much as possible, or empower the community, and so you just heard him articulate exactly how he's going to go about this decision. I'm sure it's the same way he'll go about other decisions, which is great. And um, I back that 100%. In fact, um, I wouldn't be interested in GovLoop at all. We wouldn't have been interested in, in being part of it or joining together with it if Steve didn't have that attitude because that's the kind of attitude that makes communities work. Um, but I think, it's a, I think it's a really challenging decision. And, you know, how do you – I think you, you heard, I've seen some conversations on GovLoop where people talk about wanting to have some level, you know, they talk about it as a safe place, and I think um, that's really where you need to strike the balance. And I think um, hopefully people can start learning more about how you can make private groups for private conversations, and I even think there's some things you can do to tweak whether your blog posts are, are published or not if Steve does decide to open up the network. Um, but it's a it's a complicated decision. One thing that blows my mind is there's so much knowledge in there. Um, I've gone in and searched on just a couple terms recently, 508 compliance and a couple other things that, that I was working on, and it is absolutely mind-blowing how much is in there. And it is, it is a shame to not uh, make that accessible to the, to the outside world a little bit more than it is now. But um, it's a judgment that Steve, uh, with the guidance of the community, is going to have to make over the next few weeks and months. So, uh, Scott, a question for you. Um, I mean, I've I've been reading a lot of the the coverage, and I've seen you know some ideas articulated about uh, bringing business value to the community. But uh, what is is Gov Delivery's kind of strategy in in incorporating a uh, you know a large kind of uh, high knowledge level social network into uh, what you do as a business? And I'll preface by saying I was happy to see, as far as GovLoop having a strategic partner, it being a service delivery company rather than a consultancy. But uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, where the synergies. Sure. I think, you know, Steve can talk to some of the ideas, um, you know, for obviously, you know, we're, Steve's talking about building a team. There's going to have to be some revenue generated from the site, and he's he brought to me some very creative ideas uh, for how that would happen. And um, I think, you know, people will, when they hear him describe them, be excited because in a lot of ways these are things that should just add to the community and not uh, not plaster it with banner ads. But, um, but you know, a couple things on our strategy. So, you know, a lot of people, GovDelivery is really a behind-the-scenes kind of platform that is used by roughly 300 government agencies around the U.S., um, all 30 states, most of the federal government, and in the U.K. for communicating with citizens. And every day, um, I should say every month, government agencies send about 150 million or more messages through GovDelivery. And that's been growing exponentially. Uh, um, in our first, I think in the first seven years we were in business, we sent about a billion messages on behalf of government. And in the first seven months of this year, we sent a billion messages so um, it's been picking up, and what we see is that with you know all of this information going out, we've been working with our clients to try and figure out ways to create more higher value added conversations so that when somebody receives an H1N1 update, 
you would hope that they could take that information. Actually, my wife's a physician, so she's a very good example. She'll, she'll take the email that she receives from uh, the CDC through GovDelivery on how to deal with H1N1 in, uh, in pregnant patients because she's an OBGYN, and she'll post it out to her Facebook page, and she'll forward it to her friends who are physicians. And that's, you know, that's a really good use of it. Um, but in some cases, it's very difficult to you know, create good spaces for people to take that information that they're receiving through GovDelivery and post it and make good use of it and collaborate around it. So w we've been looking for ways to um, create collaborative spaces or tie into collaborative spaces where people could take the information they're receiving and move it to the next level. And you know, when I see, saw GovLoop for the first time, I was really blown away, and I, I immediately thought, you know, this isn't a social network, it's a knowledge network. Because people are getting their work done in here, they're solving problems in here, it's making their jobs better, it's making the government better. And I found that to just be so appealing given, you know, my own values and view of the importance of public service. And and what we what we've found in GovDelivery is that we talk about it as government to citizen communication, but Fifteen to thirty percent of the citizens receiving information from the government are actually people who who work in other parts of the government, and so it's the person at the Minnesota State Department of Health getting information from the CDC, or the person at the Iowa Attorney General's office receiving information from the FBI, and so um, GovLoop represents a really exciting collaborative space where we hope to um, you know to take at least the government to government conversation. Um, to a new level so that instead of, you know, GovDelivery just facilitating one-way communication, in certain cases we might give people the opportunity to grab content they've received by email, take it into GovLoop, and discuss it further. So that was kind of the, uh, the first and I think the most important tie-in is we think we can bring more government people into GovLoop, make them aware of it, and spark some, some interesting conversation and collaboration that way. Yeah, yeah this is I guess I, I think one of the things that was cool is the fact that you've got this reach into the state and local, and not that GovLoop doesn't have some of that now, but um, I, I don't think it's – I think it's a fair statement to say that it is kind of federally Fed-centric right now, U.S. Fed-centric. There's, you know, some other pockets, but I think that's one of the cool things that you all described um, is this ability to reach out and probably, you know, grow and scale the community to the – hundred thousand plus that Steve talks about that he wants to, to get this to. Yeah, you know, I can just just chime in this is Steve again. Um so when I when I was thinking about this, right, so obviously I've thought of it for a while and, you know, noodled on the topic. Um what I wanted out of GovLoop when I was finding a home, right? I needed to find a home for GovLoop at some point. It just you know, it was growing out of control. I needed to figure out how to do it full time. Um I had a lot of options. Um and I, what I really wanted to do in an option was find a place to engage more people in more conversations. Because to me, like as a as a public service junkie, like I just think, you know, there's 20 million federal, state, local government employees. They don't talk to each other. There should be more information sharing. And how do we, you know, scale that in a way that adds really value and makes, you know, government in the world better? Which is like kind of cheesy, but that's what I wanted. I didn't want to like throw banner ads on it tomorrow and make a bunch of money. Like, it was about how do I do more good at a grand scale and impact, you know, impact the world. And the Gov delivery model, I think, you know, what Scott describes gives a chance to do that. I mean, just, you know, tapping into those resources and helping people do their jobs better, whether it's on, you know, H1N1 or whether it's on, 
you know, uh, Section 508 compliance or it's public health officials on another topic or it's transit officials sharing best practices on, you know, new technology. There's a million niches and a million people that need to collaborate. And for years, that you know, it's been the problem and there's been no solution. Or the solution has been let's build a $20 million information sharing system um, to connect federal, state, local that no one ever uses because it sucks and it's behind the firewall and it's too tight and it's not fun and it doesn't serve the purpose. Um, so I think you know, GovLoop can do that soft collaboration at a at a scale, uh, time with GovDelivery to do more good. And um, I don't know. And along the way, I mean, I think what Scott said is right. At some point, yeah, it needs to bring in enough revenue to cover me and a couple staff. But Scott said, well, you know, anything we bring in, we're going to pour right back into it um, to make the community better. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm adamant on everything we do, adding value to the community. Um, so, for example, much like a, you know, a premium group on H1N1, yeah, there may be a sponsored group, um, like maybe a, there could be potentially a a SharePoint group that's uh, on GovLoop where the 10,000 people who use SharePoint at Fed State Local share the best practices and ideas on using SharePoint better and you know Microsoft would get product ideas from that um, and that would be a revenue generating thing but you know if you don't want to do SharePoint you don't care about it just ignore it it'll be in the corner it won't be obtrusive and um, if you are you know unfortunately you know you're a SharePoint admin or developer and you know, you probably want tips on how to do it better at your agency. So that's what I'm kind of thinking about if people that have um, questions about uh, ways of kind of thinking of taking a loop. All right, I'm going to um, shout out that phone number if people want to call in with questions. Again, it's 347-539-5704. And one thing, uh, riffing off of what uh, Steve Lunsford mentioned about more regional state clients of GovDelivery and maybe bringing uh, more of them on board at GovLoop. I'm a, a local government employee myself, and uh, definitely there are a lot of local government folks there, but I've seen a massive uptick, mostly I would guess because of the, the uh, media coverage and, and new members over the past couple of days, uh, but it also may be because of the GovDelivery client base. Um, I am interested, Steve, in um, you know kind of some of more uh, critical. Oh, excuse me. Let me give out that number again. It's three four seven five three nine five seven zero four. Obviously, you know I'm one of the bigger fans of GovLoop and and the wrestler uh, ethos. Uh, but there there were some folks questioning. Well, now that it's a private entity and and, and it's not Steve uh, risking his uh, his uh, loved ones and all his uh, human relationships to uh, keep this thing going for free, uh, is it the right place for government employees to collaborate and talk openly? And, uh, I, you know, the question was coming at first from some people who don't really use the site, and I saw, like, uh, Pam Broviak, who's a, a municipal uh, public works engineer, kind of bringing up that, that same kind of thing. Do we want to be creating value for... Uh, public, what are basically, you know, or private companies uh, as public employees. What do you, uh, what do you say to, to folks like that? Their criticism is not really that they don't trust you. It's just that, is it still the right space? No, that's that's a, a totally fair question. And uh, you know, I love Pam, and I, you know, I really like that she's asking tough questions. You know, I'm, 
I'm all about that and trying to be as open and transparent about it. So, um, first of all, you know, uh, keep on keep on asking the tough questions. That's uh, my my first reaction to that. Um, I mean, the second piece is um, you know a little bit like I said before. I mean, a you know, GovLoop needed a home, and um, I think there's places that need to have these conversations happening. Um, and one option always is, you know, this could be done by, uh, from day one, people said, oh, this could, should be done by GSA or OPM and behind the firewall. Um, I've actually kind of studied formal and informal networks. I wrote a paper about it for the for Wikinomics with their research series. And kind of what I found out of it is uh, formal networks often fail for a lot of reasons. Uh, part of it is just the, the bureaucracy. The moment you get formal, you get a lot more restrictions. You need 40 mi meetings to have any decisions. You, know, you can't have a dogs in government group because that's not official government business. And uh, you know things get really micromanaged to a point where it's not fun and people don't go. So that's kind of you know, and uh, that's one approach. Um, and I think there will always be kind of behind the firewall networks to do some key inf you know information sharing. So, for example, Intellipedia. You know, if you want to collaborate on top secret intelligence documents uh, around North Korea, that's totally not what you should be doing on GovLoop. That's uh, not GovLoop's mission. Uh, not, you know, it doesn't pass security muster on that. But that's an Intellipedia conversation. Um, you know, OMB Max, um, the Office of Management Budget, has an internal wiki to do kind of budget collaboration, stuff like that. That, once again, top secret, maybe not top secret, but um, sensitive government budget creation documents, once again, that's not a, a GovLoop place. That's a behind-the-firewall place. So I see GovLoop as kind of in the middle, right? It's, it's an it's a amorphous kind of thing on the outside that allows people to connect and collaborate in the ways that you know, people have done for years, right? Um, associations have done this by bringing people together um, on topics. So there's you know hundreds of associations I created and ran one. Um, conferences are the same way, you know. Conferences bring people together uh, around topics, offering training and knowledge and information sharing. Um, some are run by for-profit companies, some are for non-profit companies, um, but 90% of the time they're not run by government agencies. So I would say GovLoop's kind of Go ahead. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll jump in. Just as as one of the you know early members, I think one of the really valuable things is, I mean, I definitely agree with that informal network spirit, and that's why I say it's nice seeing a, a service provider that is kind of clear what Gov Delivery's mission is, instead of being an amorphous let's sell everything to everybody. Uh, and GovLoop does. I mean, there is, I think, a I think there probably is a dogs group, and there's a left wing group, and there's a geeks group that, that was one of the early popular groups. And uh, then people will say, "Oh, you need a better platform." But the thing is, is the, the range of people. I mean, you have people from the Society for Public Administration all the way over to, uh, you know, a robot State Department group, and uh, I think that that's that's pretty sweet. And I, being a big government 2.0 advocate, I think that part of uh, that whole ethos and matches GovLoop is breaking down some of these barriers that are fairly artificial and kind of getting out of the, the, the hardcore bureaucratic mode where, uh, you know, people don't share their knowledge. I mean, it's something you, you kind of have in, in government that, that everybody was working on is, you know, 
do you share the knowledge or do the people uh, you know that have been there for 30 years they're the only ones who know how to do anything and I, I see a lot of that changing very quickly I think in a positive way uh, I'm going to bring on uh, Ari Herzog here who has uh, uh, a question for I think uh, one or both of you guys Ari are you here I'm here all right you got me all right hey guys um, hey I got a question so uh, I'm, I'm staring right now at GovLoop um, I had posted a question on the discussion board uh, earlier today, I think. And one of the responses I got back was from a guy named Seth Grimes, who uh, works in, as a consultant in Maryland. And Seth, uh, among other things, he writes that, uh, quote, I like GovLoop, but it's highly U.S.-centric. And so the notion of the U.S.-centricism and the notion that GovDelivery is predominantly in the U.S. with a few uh, operations in the U.K., and that Gov Deliver and that Gov Loop is a mix of, I would say, also U.S. centric, but a lot of people in uh, the U.K. and Australia, uh, New Zealand, a couple other countries. I'm just trying to think long term whether either of you have any thoughts in terms of uh, how Gov Loop can help Gov Delivery, how Gov Delivery can help Gov Loop, and making both of them, if you will, less U.S. centric from from the notion of government. <coughs> I'll take, a, I'll take a stab at it. Go ahead, Steve. Let Scott. Um, no, I think, uh, so first of all, yeah, it's, um, it is like how most things start is where it's centric. So, I mean, it started out in the U.S., and it started out uh, me and my friends, which are all the U.S.-based. And honestly, when I created it, you know, I was worried about it being too D.C.-centric, not even, you know, world-centric. So, I mean, the moment it started going way past D.C. and, you know, getting the people all across, you know, the the people in Alaska and, um, you know, California and all over, that just blew my mind. And then a few months in, you know, there's a Canadian group and an Australian group and, you know, just uh, meeting people all over the world that are dealing with the same issues. And that's just, once again, blowing my mind that I'm building relationships uh, around improving government at a global scale. Um, so... To me, it's all about government's about breaking down barriers, um, which you know AJ was talking about before, and whether those are federal, state, local barriers or also international barriers are important for me, and I think they're barriers to break. Um, I think the the trick for some people as we move and break down barriers, it gets a little scary, right? So the moment it's not you know only your agency, then you're worried a little bit is okay to collaborate with other agencies, and the same with um, as it moves to more outside of U.S. focus, um, you know, that may be scary for people who are in the government and worried about is it okay to collaborate, you know, with Canada or U.K. or, you know, maybe well, even Brazil. Then, then it's really going to be a, a moment of truth, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think those are interesting ideas as it grows, too, of how to do that. Um, you know, the moment uh, there is a trick, right, when someone from Venezuela joins who works in the government there is, does that kill some of the safe space to this to collaborate? Um, so those are kind of the issues I'm thinking about. But yeah, there's an awesome GovLoop Canada North group right now. Uh, they have an awesome logo. Um, they're just killing it, doing great things. Um, I know lots of people in the UK, New Zealand, Australia out of this, and uh, I encourage more and more of that collaboration. And I guess I'll let Scott take it from there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a good question. I think um, for people who don't know GovDelivery really well, you know, we were, uh, we've been around since 2000. Um, we we had to survive the 
uh, dot-com bust and 9-11 and some other, you know, various economic troubles. So we really, we were really a pretty small company for a long time, and we're still relatively small. I mean, it's, uh, the company just went past 50 people recently, and so we're not a massive company. And I think for that reason, you know, on the software side of things, uh, we really struggle to go kind of beyond uh, English support on the back end of our system. Uh, we do it on the front end. We do multilingual on the front end uh, for citizens. So we have, you know, we serve Spanish sites and we serve um, some Asian language sites and other things. But the system still has to be administered in English, which really limits us to English-speaking countries. And then we can also do work, and we have, I think, we'll be doing some work in the EU within the next six months or so. But um, you know, that's kept us in the UK and the US, and we do a little bit of work in Canada. Um, you know, the issue for us is. As you know, on, at our size, is just focus and doing things really well where we do them. So um, I, I would love to be a you know giant multinational uh, company that did work all over the place. But the fact is, we we try to focus on sticking to what we do well and doing it in a limited number of places, but doing it with a lot of focus. Um, and then the the other question you mentioned, you know, how can GovLoop help Gov delivery? Um, and I think that that's a tricky one, and it came up today with Pam on, on the site. It's, you know, I want to be really clear on one thing, and, and I think that this is just a critical point. Uh, there is no intention for any of the data that is being put into GovLoop uh, to be shared with the Gov Delivery sales staff or to be used for lead generation of any kind. And uh, I think that's just a really critical point. I mean, Steve, Steve's sorting through all the other terms and issues and things. But actually, our big appeal for GovLoop was that we think we can help drive more government people into GovLoop and make them more aware of it. We actually weren't looking at all at what we could pull out. So um, there's two things, two points of connectivity with GovLoop, with GovLoop from GovDelivery. One is we think we can help get more people in there. And second, we think that when information goes out from an agency and the agency wants to create a collaborative space with other governments, that um, GovLoop's a good place to create that kind of space, and we can encourage that. And where it makes sense for the agency, they might, they're, you know, I think Steve's talking about rolling out a premium group where, you know, he'll help with moderation and promotion and things for, you know, an agency that wants to create an H1N1 collaborators group. Um, but there is going to be no data mining by GovDelivery of the information going into GovLoop, and to the extent that, you know, that's not explicit up there right now, it soon will be. Um, because I, I think that's an important point to make because, you know, gosh, we're all giving our data out to everybody these days. I, Lord knows what Facebook knows about me. And uh, I think it's just important for people to know that, you know, that's, that's not our intention with the, uh, with the site. That's, that's great to hear. I, yeah, I think that uh, it, I'd seen that as a possible revenue model, something like sponsored groups or moderated groups, and it, it seems uh, valuable because, a couple of thoughts I had just as a, as a I could be a legacy GovLoop user after a year uh, is one that groups need to have some pruning and active development to be to be strong, and uh, that's something that you know might be worth paying for for certain issues in certain um, organizations. Another thing I would weigh in on the public or private. I think it'd be great to have maybe the blogs be public, but it's nice to have it a membership site because it keeps off. I mean, as one of the people who friends a lot of, of members, it, it's it's right now, you know, 95% of the people are come there. 
uh, and if you open it up widely, you know, and you make it so you don't have to sign in to comment and that kind of thing, you could very easily see it, uh, you know, run down to a Facebook or, God forbid, a, My a MySpace level. <laughs> well, if that happens, you know, the Hippocratic Oath holds true here. Um, my whole deal with this, I talked to Steve about it, is first do no harm. Uh, he's had that mentality from the beginning, and, you know, we have that mentality. If I was involved in doing something that made this awesome place uh, worse, that would be one of the, the worst moments in my life, and I'm, I'm not totally serious about that. So, you know, that's where Steve's going to take the feedback and guide this thing, and I'm sure he'll do a great job. Great. We have just a quick few seconds here, so I want to say uh, for folks who are interested in joining this radio show, you can always uh, ping me at adrielhampton.com. We're always looking for interesting guests uh, who want to talk about Gov2O initiatives. Congratulations to GovDelivery and GovLoop, and especially to Steve Ressler, uh, making his dream full-time. And thank you, everyone, uh, so much for joining us. We'll be back. Um, regular showtime is going to be Sundays at 9. Um, we're not every single Sunday, so try to keep folks posted, and you can always listen to the archives at gov2oradio.com. Thank you, and that's it. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thanks.